Welcome to the Dell Wamsley Radio Show. Dell challenges the status quo, questions everything, and empowers you to return to your core beliefs to make your life better. If you're ready to hear the truth and get your roadmap to the lifestyle you really want, the next hour will change your life. And now your host, self-made millionaire, national award-winning investor of the year, CEO and founder of Lifestyles Unlimited, Dell Wamsley. Welcome to the Dell Wamsley Radio Show, where the hype ends and the help begins. I'm your host, Dell Wamsley, and as always, we're working on your financial freedom. Today, we're going to talk about a little-known fact that how you see the problem is the problem. I believe that's a quote from Einstein. Not sure, but uh, I believe it would give him credit. I think that's where I've heard it. But how you see the problem is the problem. And the second part of the show and the second part of the concept is you can't solve your problem at the same level of thinking the problem was created at. Now, I'm just going to bring up a topic, uh, but I'm going to cover many topics along the same line. We're going to look at fitness, look at finances, look at family, life, look at health, wealth. You know, it's all every one of these concepts in life, everything in your life has a level of success. Now, you can say, you know, how do you you know, quantify success in a marriage or raising kids. I would suggest to you there are ways. And I'm not saying I'm the expert. That's not my that's not my field. Uh, but there's definitely ways to measure success in fitness. There's definitely ways to measure success in health. And there's definitely ways to measure success uh, as far as finances go. And when you look out over the world and you see people that are not successful in those areas, and you go, why don't you just fix that? Why would you allow yourself to be a fat slob? And, you know, for all of you that are out there right now that are fat slobs, I've been there. I know what you know, and you don't want to even think about it. And that is being a fat slob hurts. It feels terrible. It's uncomfortable. It's miserable on many levels. Just, just start with the physical level. I want you to go to the gym and go pick up a 45-pound plate. And I want you to think about carrying that extra 45 pounds around with you everywhere you go. And most people weigh at least 40 pounds more than what they should. You know, a woman, when she's in high school, uh, weighs somewhere between 95 and 105, 110 pounds. Then they end up spending their whole adult life weighing 150 to 200 pounds. That's insane. That's 40 or 50 pounds overweight. Yet almost every woman I know is that overweight. It's a very large percentage, okay? Let's talk about men. When we were in high school men, the average male weighed about 150 pounds. Uh, if you were large, I was a larger one of the guys. I was six foot tall, and I weighed 185 pounds. And now, for the last three quarters of my life, I've resided around 220 pounds. I've been as high as 240 and I know when I weigh 240 that I'm 40 pounds overweight. I feel it in my joints, in my bones, in my back, my stomach, my breathing. It feels terrible. Yet, why do people that have done this to themselves continue to do this to themselves? What is it that is the basic assumption that they have, they believe in, that keeps them where they're at? People tell me all the time, well, I have a slow metabolism. 
What does slow metabolism have to do with anything? If I took even the fattest person, even these 300, 400 pound people, and I fed them very little each day, within no time at all, they would get right back down to normal body weight and eventually even be skinny. But people eat too much. Their basic premise is they're eating like normal people. But normal in our society is not normal for our body. I can cut my calories back from 4,000, 4,500 calories a day. I can cut it all the way down to 1,000, 1,200 calories a day and survive and feel great doing it and not even be hungry. But I know that. So my basic premise, because my life's early dreams were to get in shape, was to find out the basis for being in shape. And many people believe that exercise is the secret. They believe going to the gym and working out makes them healthier, makes them look better. And you see these guys who got big arms and big bellies at the gym. And they're puffing and huffing and screaming and yelling and picking up heavy weights and dropping them on the ground. But they're unhealthy. They're fat and out of shape. And they don't realize it. In their brains, they're working out. They're healthy. But in the reality, they're just fat slobs with a little bit extra muscle. Now, why am I saying this? I'm not saying this to pick on anybody. Don't get me wrong. What I'm saying is their basic premise that if I lift weights, I'm healthy is wrong. And so they will never be physically fit and they will always be fat, even if they work out. Now, if they stop working out, they'll be fat with muscle, with less muscle. If they work out, they'll be fat with more muscle. But their fat has nothing to do with exercise. I know I get on these kicks where I go and I do aerobics and I do an hour or two hours a day of aerobics just because I get crazed. I know that aerobics isn't the secret to what my body weight is. I know that diet is the secret to what my body weight is. I know that aerobics is good for your heart and your lungs and your circulatory system. I get that. I know that's true. But an hour or two hours a day, every day, is too much. In fact, right now, I, I got crazy with it last week and my knee hurts because I overdid it. I did like an, two hours of treadmill the other day. And now my overextended my knee and... You know, the problem is when you start with a basic premise that's wrong, you can't hit the highest potential at all. And I want you to understand this. When you start, basic concept, when your base assumption is wrong, the level of success that you can accomplish will never be anywhere near as high as if your base assumption is correct. In fact, in almost every case, what's going to happen is, is that your bad base assumption is going to stop you from being able to accomplish what you want to do. I'll give you another example. I um, decided a couple years ago when I had cancer that I was going to start playing with toy trains and build myself a layout. And I went and got a lot of information. Same thing, I do everything else in life. I go get a lot of information, I read, I study, I learn. And then, you know, you're dying to jump in and get started. And I put together, man, this train layout that was really unique. Uh, unique is not the right word for it. It was large. Let's put it that way. It was really large. And it was interesting. As I went along and I continued to read more material, I found out that I had made some base assumptions in the very beginning that were just wrong. Just wrong. And because of them, I hit sticking points that could not be overcome. I pick the wrong gauge of train to get the maximum amount of lay, layout shape and size. Uh, I picked 
the wrong types of trains and had to sell them all back. I bought a whole bunch of trains, sold them all back and bought new ones, and I'm buying new track. Um, the base platform that I built for it, uh, I built it as just one big monolithic base, which left for no ability to create really mountains and terrain and valleys and rivers. And so instead, I, I didn't know how to do open uh, open construction, L construction, girder construction, whatever they call it, to be able to build this layout with all these different levels and things that I really want on it. And I thought I could do by just starting with a flat piece of board, but the world isn't flat. And a flat board doesn't represent terrain and beauty. And so really, I have to take the whole base apart. Now I'm back to redoing all the track. All I redid all the trains already, but redo all the track. Uh, then I'm going to have to go back and redo the base and then redo the track. And then I'll be at a new level where now I can make some more mistakes, right? I bought all kinds of power. I thought I needed lots of power to run these trains. I bought way more power than what I need, but it may not be the right power. It may not be set up the way I need to set it up. There's just all kinds of things that I will not be able to accomplish because I started this thing all wrong. My friends, how's your fitness? How's your finances? How's your family life? Ask yourself this question. What base assumptions am I starting with that don't work? That's the base question we need to start with today. Take a short break. Be right back with the Dell Wamsley Radio Show. Listening to the Dell Wamsley Radio Show. Dell will be right back with more life changing principles in just a few minutes. Lifestyles Unlimited is the real estate investor education and mentoring group that has been taking people by the hand and teaching them how to invest in real estate for over 25 years. Our students have been so successful at creating wealth and passive income that they've won local, state, and national investor of the year awards 10 of the last 10 years. It's easy to see why Think Realty Magazine named us the best in the U.S. If you're ready to add real estate to your portfolio, go to lifestylesunlimitedpodcast.com to access our free live training event schedule. Welcome back. Now, here's some more unconventional wisdom to set you free from the man on a mission to retire America, one person at a time, Del Wamsley. Welcome back to the Del Wamsley Radio Show. Today, we're talking about a concept uh, that I think I got out of a cubby book somewhere, uh, although I do believe it's a quote from Einstein, which is, how you see the problem is the problem. And um, when you tie that to this other statement, which is you can't solve the problem at the same level of thinking the problem was created at, uh, you come to the point where you realize that whatever it is in life you're going to try to accomplish, it's going to be limited if you start with the first base assumption being wrong. So I ask you a question. Have you ever been speaking? Have you ever been in a place where you're speaking to someone and they're talking about something and you're going, they have no idea what they're talking about? Their base assumption in this whole thing is completely wrong. Now, you can look at politics, for example, and you have the trickle-down economics theory, and then you have the mass wealth redistribution theory, and both of those basic, the Democrat and Republicans theories, are a completely different point of view of how the world really works. And to this date, they both keep trying to prove that their theory of economics is correct. 
But the reality is they're both off in some manner. Because if you let either one of the two stay in power long enough, they will end up destroying society one way or the other. Because the base assumptions that they live by are off. How much are they off by? Well, there's an old saying, if you think about this, um, a different way to look at it is, if you were to go and try to walk a straight line, it's almost impossible to walk a straight line. And you'll realize that you veer off by a fraction of an inch in every step. And eventually that fraction of an inch allows you to end up miles away from where you thought you were going. They've done experiments with this. People just don't have it in their brain to be able to walk straight. The only way you can walk straight is to focus on something that's way out in front of you and walk towards it. That's the only way you can walk straight. You have to be focused on something that's real. And that's the problem. Your idea about finance, the way you see the world, isn't real. It's based on a mistaken theology that has been handed down from century to century in this country, probably in other countries. I don't know because I've not lived there. I don't know the theology of their belief system. But in ours, I know ever since I was a kid, everything I've ever heard from my grandparents to great grandparents was the only way to get ahead financially is to get a great job. That's it. How do you make money? you get a good job. Work leads to money. Now, there's all kinds of derivatives off of that wrong assumption. One of them is I need to work a lot. So you lose your life. Your life is miserable because I was working 60, 80 hours a week when I worked in corporate America. My life was miserable. And did I make a lot of money? I made almost no money. I think I made 70,000 bucks a year, which is, I look at it now, that's nothing. That's almost nothing. Right? Just insane. You know, by the time you take it home, it's $3,500 a month. Yet I thought I was semi-successful because I had a good job. I thought it was a good job, but it wasn't a good job. And the reason that I wasn't getting anywhere was because of the base assumptions. The second base assumption everybody has is you need to save a little money. Okay? That's a great idea. There's nothing wrong with that idea at all, and that is probably a starting place for finances to be good. But what is a little amount of money? You have a wrong assumption about what you think you can save one or two or five percent of your income and save up enough money to get rich. You're insane. When I was young, my assumption was I will live on half of what I earn. And every year I'll try to earn more so I get to live at a higher uh, level. So when I made, you know, thirty thousand dollars a year, I lived on 15. When I made 40, I lived on 20. When I got to 70, I lived on 35. When I got to 100,000 a year, I lived on 50. When I got to 200,000, I lived on 100. And when I got to 500,000 a year, I lived on 100. When I got to a million a year, I lived on 100 to 150. Because at that point, I didn't need to live on even half of it for me to have a decent life. By making that different assumption to not save 5 or 10%, but to save half, at least half, has made me rich. Another assumption, how large of a house should you own? I've never owned a home that was worth more than one year's pay. Now, let me repeat that. I've never owned a home that totaled to more than one year's pay. I've never owned a home that I had to pay 30 years mortgage on. 
I bought houses I could afford to own and live in. I have a beautiful 16,000 square foot home right now, paid cash for it, 20 car garage, beautiful place. Cost me next to nothing compared to the income I made the year I bought it. So you, you, you have to think about this. What assumptions are you living on? There was a guy on the radio the other day talking to Dave Ramsey, and the guy, the guy had a $40,000 pickup truck, and he had a $40,000 a year job. <laughs> you don't have a home equal to what your annual salary. He's got a car equal to what half his annual salary was. These are bad assumptions, guys. Really bad assumptions. What's another bad assumption? Another bad assumption is that college will always get you a higher paying job. That's a bad assumption. And when I was growing up, they had statistical data that showed if you uh, graduated from high school, you'd earn 30000 a year. If you got one year of college in, you'd earn thirty-five. If you had two years, you had an associate degree, you'd earn forty or fifty. If you had a four-year college degree, you'd earn sixty or seventy. If you had a doctor's degree or a master's degree, you could earn a hundred thousand. And if you had a doctor's degree, you could earn you know, one hundred fifty thousand. And they had the statistical data, right? But how has that data been used to create a situation where 80% of our kids coming out of high school now are going into college for stupid degrees, spending tens of thousands, if not hundreds of thousands of dollars going into debt to get a degree in something they can't even get a job in? That's a bad assumption. And the thing that's interesting, guys, is it like on the train set, what I found out, and this is why I'm doing the show today about this, like I found out in the train set deal, when you make a bad assumption, you finally get to the end of the road, and you say, whoa, you're standing there at the edge of cliff going, I can go no further with this idea. It will not take me any further. Next step is off the cliff. Now you got to turn around and go back. Going back is sometimes more painful than struggling to get where you're at. I have to let all this stuff go, undo all this stuff I did, and then figure out the right stuff to do. See, that's the real challenge, folks, is that here you are 30, 40, 50, 60 years of age, and you're at that edge of that cliff looking over the outside going, oh, my God, I've done it all wrong. Now what? Well, guess what? You're going to have to go back and start over because you can't take what you've already done and turn that into a win. We'll take a short break. We'll be right back with the Dell Wamsley Radio Show. You're listening to the Dell Wamsley Radio Show. Dell will be right back with more life-changing principles in just a few minutes. The largest wealth and passive income expo in the country is coming to Texas Saturday, April 14th. Join thousands of top investors and expert wealth educators. Pick from topics like passive income, retirement, asset protection, tax-free income, finding, fixing, and funding houses and apartments. Get your path to retirement in just one day. Go to wealthandpassiveincomeexpo.com. Gain one-on-one access to hundreds of industry experts, realtors, lenders, property and asset managers, apartment owners, national real estate syndication and trade professionals. Come shake hands with your retirement partner. Use promo code EXPO18 and get in for just 10 
$10. Meet national radio host, multimillionaire real estate investor, and mentor to the top award-winning investors in the country, Dell Walmsley. Use promo code EXPO18 to get your all-access pass for just $10. Wealth and Passive Income Expo.com. Meet featured speaker Brian Tracy, top-selling author of over 70 books, personal success and performance expert, along with Marcus Luttrell, the lone survivor, best-selling author and former United States Navy SEAL who received the Navy Cross and Purple Heart for his actions during Operation Red Wings. Your path to retirement in just one day. Wealth and Passive Income Expo.com. Use promo code EXPO18. Welcome back. Now, here's some more unconventional wisdom to set you free from the man on a mission to retire America, one person at a time, Del Wamsley. Welcome back to Del Wamsley Radio Show. Today, we're discussing the topic of how you see the problem is the problem, and you can't solve the problem at the same level of thinking the problem was created at. And what the the basic premise that I'm trying to make here today for everyone to pick up is that if you start with the wrong basis, the theory that you're working from is wrong, then everything you do is not going to lead to success. It's going to somehow stop, somewhere along the way, stop you from becoming successful what you're trying to accomplish. And I've said this is true in everything from fitness to finance to family to health, uh, whatever topic it is, whatever it is in life you want to accomplish, you are going to fail if you start with the wrong base theory on this thing. Now, I'm going to take it one step further, make it even more complicated, right? Um, the next level of complication I want to bring to you is that in, in our lives, we all have personalities. And I don't know if this is true. I'm, I'd ask this as a question more than make it a statement. But I would assume most people think their personality is the right personality. In other words, they create a demeanor that they think is acceptable, acceptable and successful for them to get through life. So some people think the friendly is the way to go through life. Some people think the mean, uh, protective, uh, angry. Um, you know, they think they're going to get more by approaching the world this way. And so they have these personalities. And that base personality itself, in my mind, has a limitation. I mean, how far can you get as a grumpy old man? How far can you get as a hateful person? Uh, but see, that's my belief system. I may be wrong on that. Maybe a hateful, grumpy person can accomplish way more because they don't have any outside um, distractions. They don't listen to anybody else. So, you know, maybe that is the right way. I happen to think you get more flies with honey. Right. But that's an assumption. And the point I'm making to you is not only do we have assumptions about specific things like finances. Right. And the assumption I'd like you to think about today about finances is you don't have to work to be rich. You don't have to work to ha make a living. My assumption is you can create enough passive income to replace your earned income and retire in two to five years. That's a pretty strong base assumption. Now, I've been teaching it for 27 years, and for the last 27 years, it's been working for people that put it to work and who actually accept it. Remember what Napoleon Hill said, whatever the mind of man can conceive and believe, it can achieve. So we conceive and we believe that we can retire between two to five years. Might take seven. I used to say it was seven because I didn't know that we could do it even faster. After we'd proven it so many times over and over again, people started going, why am I going to wait seven? I'm just going to go ahead and get it done in two. That's my goal. And since we told stories of how I retired in two and a half years, people going, well, if he can do it in two and a half years, I can do it in two. I'm, you know, he started with no money. He was you know, working at a health club. 
So these base assumptions, but now I'm taking it even further. Your base assumption on a factual thing like how to make money, which is very, very important, right? Let's take that back one step and say, okay, what about just the general overall assumptions in life? Wow. Now, this brings me to an interesting topic. In my seminar, I talk about the tale of two woes, the two types of people that I run into. And being a teacher and a mentor, uh, I had to figure out how to deal with each of these two different kinds of people because they both failed on their personalities. And it was just base personality failure. It had nothing to do with the material. I was giving the same material to both people, and both people were failing. But they were failing in a different manner. So I like to talk about the difference between a type A personality and a type B personality. A type A personality is someone with instantaneous gratification disease. They want everything they want, and they want it all, and they want it right now. And they have these needs to get what they wanted. They're driven. When they want something, they are insane. Uh, my fiance is one of these type A's. And stuff she does, base theory is if she wants something, she'll get on her phone, get on the internet, and she will shop for 24 hours straight until she gets what she wants. I mean, it's just to watch her. It's ferocious. Now, on that same side of her, that ferociousness when she goes and attacks a problem, like when I sent her out to a health club or sent her out to an apartment complex that wasn't operating effectively, she used that same ferociousness to attack that problem. She's a problem attacker. Challenge, she gets bored. So whatever it was she bought that she loves, she's bored with it in no time at all and wants something else. She needs constant new stimulation to keep going. Just go further on type A personalities. Type A personalities have basic belief systems. One of them is if you stick, throw enough mud on the wall, something's got to stick. So they take the shotgun approach to doing things. Whatever it is they do, they're doing a lot of things all at the same time, trying to get it all done. Hence, what happens with a type A personality? They're late to almost everything they do because they underestimate the amount of time it takes to accomplish the, mi the middle line task between going from A to B to C to D. They're thinking, I can get all that stuff done in no time at all. They want to put five things on their card to get done today, and they'll only get one or two of them done. And everything else just gets lost in the shuffle, gets put off, because they try to put too many things on the card at the same time. Another one is they don't think of the long term. They don't think in the means of how, what will the outcome of this be, and should I even waste my time? To them, they don't care what the outcome is because what they want at that moment is instantaneously a need that they have to scratch. It has to have it. So when my fiance goes to the grocery store, she'll spend 800 bucks. This I tell the story all the time. She'll spend 800 bucks, come home with enough food for a week. Now in her mind, she's got enough food for four weeks right? And she buys all this stuff she'll never cook, and she freezes it because there's no way it, it, it goes bad. So if she doesn't freeze it, it goes bad. And if she freezes it, we never eat it because she never wants to take the time to take it out and thaw it because she's never thinking about what she's going to eat in dinner when she gets up in the morning because that's too far ahead for a type A to think. She thinks what she wants instantly. So we go out to eat 80% of the time. So we never use the food. It just goes bad. It spoils. 
And then she secretly throws it away. She thinks, I don't see her throwing it away because all of a sudden it disappears. And the money's wasted. I beg her constantly when we go buying stuff, put it back. You don't need it. You're not going to use it. And if I go with her to the grocery store, we can get it down to about $400 and still have exactly the same amount of food that we eat at home because we only eat certain meals at home and the rest of the time we go out. Now, if I go by myself, I'll get all of week's worth of food for $200 and have the same week's worth of food because I don't buy all the stuff she buys that we don't use. And it's interesting because it's just the way her brain works. She can't help herself, right? It's just her way her brain. It's a base assumption about life. If I want something, I should get it right now. I need it. I want it. I'm going to have it. The challenge with that is when you're that focused on the current moment in life, you have no time to think about where the future is going to be. Where am I going to be a month from now, six months from now, a year from now, five years from now, 10 years from now? Just no way of seeing that future at all. Right. So they fail in that manner. They do it, start a thousand projects and finish none of them ever. That's just the way they are. They can't finish things up. Now, you can be an A and you can be a B in different topics. I'm an A and a B in different topics. Some stuff, I'm that A, I just got to do it. And I start out and I go get all excited and I get into it and then I burn out. I find out that I did it wrong. I moved too quickly. I didn't have enough base knowledge. And boom, there I was, just like I've talked about this train thing. There I am sitting at the edge of this type A personality mistake going, man, I jumped into this before I actually knew what I was supposed to do. Now I've got to do something else. And so I just go do something else. Well, then I come back to this thing. Well, I'm going to get back and fix this problem. That's the B kicking in. The B saying, you know what? I got to get back on this and get it done and get it done right. That's the B kicking in. See, a B has another kind of problem. It's called analysis paralysis. A B will never take action. There's two reasons a B doesn't want to take action. Be sure you understand what they are. Number one is because if they take action, they may make a mistake, and Bs do not like to be wrong. I'm a B, and I believe I've never been wrong. One time I thought I was wrong, but I found out I was wrong. I was actually right. Bees will never admit that they're wrong. They will fight you to death, right? That's just something a bee can't do. Second, the reason bees will not take action is because it means they have to do something. They're going to have to take action. Bees do not like to do things. They'd rather sit and analyze things, watch other people do things, and criticize other people, but they don't want to go do them. If bees had their way, they'd be wearing the same clothes they wore in high school, eating the same food they ate when they were a kid. Nothing would ever change in their life. So we're going to change that. We're going to go to take a break. Be right back to the Del Wamsley Radio Show. Listening to the Dell Wamsley Radio Show. Dell will be right back with more life-changing principles in just a few minutes. What would happen if you didn't show up for work tomorrow? For the next couple of days? For a week? A couple of months? A year? 
how long until you lose everything you've worked for in a fraction of the time it took to earn it. If this fear keeps you up at night, it's time to learn the strategies we teach at Lifestyles Unlimited. Start with the free workshop. Go to lifestylesunlimitedpodcast.com and find your true financial peace, like so many of our members already have. That's lifestylesunlimitedpodcast.com. Welcome back. Now, here's some more unconventional wisdom to set you free from the man on a mission to retire America, one person at a time, Del Wamsley. Welcome back to the last segment of Del Wamsley Radio Show. Today, the concept has been that most of us that are not where we want to be in life in any specific or various uh, part of our lives, um, are not there because we started with the wrong base assumption in life. And that how you see the problem that you're challenged with is really the problem itself. And if you see the problem incorrectly, or if you approach the problem with the wrong base assumption, then you're not going to be able to fix or beat the problem. And so we've gone all over the place today. We talked about fitness and finances and family and health. And, you know, it's in every aspect of your life. This is true. So what is the takeaway from this? What should be done? I think the first thing you need to do is you need to sit down today with yourself, maybe even with a family member, friends, and ask yourself this basic question. How do I approach life? Do I approach everything I do from the I want it now, type A, instantaneously, gratificationally diseased idea column, and just strike out radically fast and hard on everything, and not think through what the long-term results are. If I'm a type A, I probably don't have a life plan. You probably can't find written down anywhere what my goals are in life. I'm probably just going to change them by tomorrow anyway. If I'm that type of person, then I want to realize that up front, and then I've got to think about ideas with that limitation in mind and figure out ways to keep yourself on topic, to make yourself accountable for finishing the project, maybe even just cut down the number of projects that you take on in life, whatever they be, whether it's fitness, finance, family, health, whatever. Um, But you definitely have to see that that is your challenge. Now, if you're a type B personality, you got to realize that you have no motivation at all in life. You want to take the easiest route through life that there is. You want everything to stay the same, and you don't want any challenges. Now, in my personal life, I'm a super type B person. Financially, I'm a super type B personality. And so it was very important for me to find a spouse um, that would be a type A. This keeps me you know, centered. In other words, I would never go out and do anything. I'd live in a box under a bridge, never go anywhere, do anything. But my fiance, she likes to go everywhere. She wants to go out with people. She likes groups of people. And I'm not a group of people kind of guy. I'm just hang out with my girl kind of guy. But she likes to go out, get dressed up and go out with the people and have fun and go out to eat different places and do different things. She's always looking for something different to do. And I'm always wanting to do the same things, you know, it's it's something that I had to just learn about myself that that's the way I was. Um, You know, I worked in health club for 12 years. The only job corporate job I really ever had did that my whole adult career. 
I was in health clubs since I was a kid. Since I was 14 years old, I've been working out and doing bodybuilding until I was competitive until I was 35. I'm now 61. I still work out. Uh, I, I stick with it. You know, whatever it is I think is important in life, I do it and do it and do it and do it again. So what is it about type B's that's challenging is they won't add anything new to their life. They're afraid of taking risks. They're very risk um, adverse. Um, they don't like new projects where it takes a whole lot of effort to get that rock rolling. Um, and so, you, again, like I said, if you're a B, you need to find someone who can help you uh, to get over your B-isms. And if you're an A, you need to get somebody to help you get over your A-isms. And if you've got that person in your life, you need to let them help you on those things and not get mad at them. Because what you think they're doing is they're, ta they're attacking your basic personality is what they're doing in your mind. That's what it is. You're attacking my basic personality, which means I don't like you. No, I do like you. I like you enough to want to help you. And that's why when I can sit on the outside and know that everything you're telling me is wrong, I, if I like you, have the responsibility to tell that to you and say, look, you're not seeing this quite right. You have the wrong base assumption about X, Y, Z. And let's start with the base assumption about yourself. Who do you think you are? How are you approaching life? And where have your failures come from? Have you had eight different husbands, eight different wives? Why? Maybe that part of your personality is too type A. Just go close your eyes, run, bang, find somebody. Close your eyes, run, bang, find somebody else. Falls apart. You know, or you're the kind of guy that met his girlfriend in high school and you've been with her and you're 60 years old, been married for 45 years or something like that. You know, that's a different kind of relationship paradigm. You've got to know what yours is. Now, that uh, one paradigm, uh, you know, that could be like, OK, so it's good that we're together for 45 years. Right. And. Um, to, to go over that paradigm and just to show you how that could be a bad paradigm, because it sounds good on the surface. But uh, there once was uh, this husband and wife been married for 20 or 30 years, and the wife was really uncomfortable in the relationship. And she took her husband and pulled him into a, uh, a psychiatrist's office, a uh, relationship therapist, whatever it was, and told the doctor, look, we've been married 20 years. He doesn't even tell me he loves me anymore. Never, never, ever, ever tells me he loves me or does anything that acts like or shows and proves that he loves me. And the doctor looked at the guy and said, is this true? And the guy looked at the doctor and said, doctor, I told her 20 years ago I loved her and I married her. If anything changes, I'll let her know. In other words, he's gotten so complacent in the relationship, he brings nothing to it. And that, my friends, is how a type B will lose the battle in everything they do. They become so complacent in what they're doing that they lose the edge. And then eventually they lose the battle. So my friends, let's evaluate first ourselves, the people around us, our approach to life, and then everything you do, whether it's finance, fitness, fun, let's eva evaluate our basic premise, the base premise that we're starting with. And if you do that, you're gonna be a lot better off. And have a wonderful day. And remember, we're not doing it for the money. We're doing it for the lifestyle.
listening to the Dell Wamsley Radio Show, teaching you the opposite of everything you've been taught so you can obtain the results you've never obtained. Join us seven days a week. Can't get enough? Visit DellOnTheRadio.com to listen to the Dell Wamsley Radio Show, access past show podcasts, and join the conversation. Information and opinions you hear on the Dell Wamsley Radio Show are those of the host, Dell Wamsley, his guests, and his callers, and do not necessarily reflect the opinions of this station, its affiliates, its management, or advertisers. The Dell Wamsley Show is for entertainment purposes only. Please consult a professional regarding your personal investment needs. Nothing presented on the Dell Wamsley Show constitutes an endorsement, recommendation, offer, or solicitation to buy or sell any product or security.